0: Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex students and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. Tonight, we are going to continue our series called Basic. Um, I don't know if you knew that we were in a series called Basic. It started last week, and this week is another week of Basic. And I don't know about you, but when I think of Basic, the first thought that comes to my head is like a white woman in a scarf walking into Starbucks, and she walks up and she goes, I'll have a non-fat pumpkin spice latte <laughs> with whipped cream, because I've been good. And so like that's the kind of thing that I, I picture in my head is what I'm thinking about basic. Um, weirdly enough, that's not at all what we're talking about tonight, I th- although I could. I was a barista for like four years, so I could talk to you for roughly mm, 100 hours. I have story after story of basic white women that will blow your mind. They are a people group, and it is so scary. So no, we're not talking about coffee. We are talking about basics, as in like, just the basics. We start learning basics when we're kids, right? Uh, We start learning things like, hmm, don't poop in your pants. And uh, you learn the ABCs and you learn like two plus two equals fish. And those are all the things that you learn when you're a kid. And then those turn into other things. You know, your ABCs turn into I'm learning words and now I'm writing words and you know, numbers, they turn into letters and that gets like, nonsense. don't worry about math. (laughs) Math is nonsense. Uh, You don't need to know about math. Uh, I remember when I first started playing the drums, I was very, very excited. Um, I got my first drum set when I was seven for Christmas, and it was incredible, and it was the best, and I remember just being so excited about it. And then I went to my first drum lesson, and I walked in, I was like, I'm ready to rip. Like, I'm like, I'm so ready to go. Like, this drum set, me. I'm incredible. I was I was walking in, and then my teacher he was like sat me down and said, like, "Okay, like let's just go over the like just like play something for me to see how like see where you're at." And I was like, "Okay, incredible. I know already." So I grabbed the drumsticks, and before I even hit a single drum, my teacher looks at me and goes, "Nah, you're not holding the sticks right." And I was like, "Oh, so like you have to learn the basics." Um, Like when you're playing drums, you have to learn how to hold the sticks. And then he taught me how to hold the sticks. He taught me how to warm up. He taught me like basic rudiments that if I didn't know, I wouldn't have had a strong foundation to continue playing and the more advanced stuff that like, you know, uh, you play as a drummer wouldn't have been possible if I didn't have all the basic knowledge. So that is what this whole thing is about. over the next few weeks, we're going to learn a bunch about the basics of being a Jesus follower. Um, but tonight, specifically, we're going to be talking about basic worship, uh, which is why things are out of order. And we're going to be doing worship at the end. And um, when we talk about music, we are usually talking. Wow, I said music. When we talk about worship, we're usually talking about music. And um, But that's not always it. Spoiler alert. Coming up later, you'll see it's not always music. But a lot of it is music, people singing, raising their hands, songs to God about God. And it's the time that we spend focused on him, and it's just the best. So we're going to ask three basic questions that are going to help us have a firm understanding and a foundation for what worship is so that we don't get lost later when things feel confusing. And those three questions are when, why, and how. Why, when, and How? So let's just pray real quick before we get we get started. God, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you that we can be here. Thank you that um, we get to learn more about you and that you help us with the basics. Um, I just pray that we learn something tonight, whether this is our first time hearing this, whether it's our hundredth time hearing this, that we grow a little bit more like you at the very end. Amen. So here we go. Question number one one is. So the first question, the most basic question about worship is why? Like why why do we worship? And the most basic answer I can give you is because he deserves it, right? He deserves our worship. That's the most simple way to put it. We worship God because he deserves it. Let's talk about a little bit why. And this may sound familiar, but you know, that's fine. Let me, we're going to just dive into it a little bit. So way back in the day, God had, uh, he, he chose the people. He chose the people, the Israelites, and they were his chosen people. That's why we say chosen people, because God chose them. I know that one's really tough. I know. I know. And it was super cool, and it was a big deal that he did this. He was telling them when he chose them that, you know, I'm going to use you to like, change the world, like through you, all of my plans are going to be fulfilled for the rest of the world, for the rest of the people in the world. It's, it's through you. And it was really awesome and really cool. And that was like the whole, that whole story is what the old Testament is all about. Um, God's like redemptive work through the people of Israel. It's super cool and awesome. Um, he does so many miracles for them. He like rescues them when they're in slavery. He parts waters for them. He just, he does so many things. He rains bread from the sky. Like, there's just a lot of things that he does. That's really awesome, and it was um, cool. But for some reason, they kept forgetting. <laughs> and th- they'd be like, "Oh, like God just brought us out of Egypt. It was really cool. He did all these things. There were plagues. It was nonsense. Everything was crazy. But now that we're like, you know, a hundred miles away." It's different now. And like, I, I never forget, you know, I've never, for- <laughs> I don't do that. But some people also have the problem where we, we we forget what God has said to us. We forget what he's done. Like, God was literally raining bread from the sky. And they're like, well, maybe if we go over here and we worship this, uh, I don't know, like golden cow, maybe this cow can rain pizza rolls from the sky. The answer was, no, I, c- I couldn't. But like, they, they would forget and they'd go to other gods and then they would... God always like bring them back and be like, guys, remember, remember. And um, God was like, I need to help them, re- to help them, I like, can teach them to remember. So after the miracle of the Jordan River, which was in Joshua 3, which Pastor Chris just talked about, <laughs> um, you know, Joshua was leading the people and he got to the river and they were like, we have to get across this river, but there's a river. So God was like, hey, step into the river. It'll, it'll, you know, the waters will part and you'll walk through on dry land. And, uh, so that happens. And then on the other side, God's like, Hey, this time you guys aren't going to forget. So he, he tells Joshua who was leading the people at the time, he said, go tell 12 people to go into the middle of this dry river. That's never dry because the water got pushed away and bring out 12 stones, like 12 stones from the middle of the river. These stones were probably smooth because the water was going over them. And he said, set them up in the middle of camp so that you can remember. Every single time someone walks past these, you'll remember what happened here. And this is what it says in Joshua 4, 6, and 7. It says, In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean, tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. What well, that means, they had the Ark of the Covenant with them, and that was the first, and it entered the river. So that stepped into the river first, and then the river went, whew, and it parted. So, um, When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be uh, be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So God is teaching them to remember what he's done. He's like, you aren't going to forget this one because we're going to put a pile of rocks right in the middle. And every single time you pass it, you're going to be able to remember. And like... And every single time that uh, one of their kids would go past it, they'd be like, retell the story again. So the story was always being told so they would never forget it. And this is important for you. You may be asking, like, why does this matter? This was so long ago. Well, it's important for you because God may not have, like, moved water in your life. Like, though that is crazy. Think about this. The water was, he just moved water. Like, imagine stepping into a creek and just the water goes, and you just walk across on dry land. It's It's insane. It's crazy. It's, it's some Moana nonsense, but in real life. That's what it is. It is really cool. Um, but he didn't do that in your life, but he may have helped you move through something that you thought you couldn't move through. And so he wants you to remember those things. God might not be doing physical miracles in your life right now, but he is doing something for you. There may have been a time where you lost a friend that you thought you'd have forever. There may have been a time when your parents got divorced. You may have changed schools. You may have just been feeling lonely and broken. You know, the pandy hit, and everything was sad for a while. But God was there, right? In those times, God was there for you and reminded you that things are going to be okay in the end. If you woke up today with breath in your lungs, you have something to be thankful about and to remember him for. So, we should try to take an inventory of what we're thankful for. None of this is by accident. The way your body functions every single day is insane, and it's because God made it that way. So just take a moment to be thankful. Sometimes we're thankful for cars, our family, the way we breathe, but just be thankful. That is one of like the most um, important things about worship and why we worship is because we're thankful to God for all the stuff that he's given us and all the stuff that he does for us every single day. If you are new to church, new to Jesus, you should know that one of the biggest reasons why we worship him, and one of the biggest reasons why we're always thankful is because God loves you so much that even when we made these bad choices, we, we make bad choices every day. I don't know if you guys do. I make bad choices all the time, and I tend to know that I'm making those bad choices in the moment, and I still do it because I am the worst. Um but we all, we all do that, and those bad choices put a separation between us and God. But he loved us so much that he said, that can't be how this ends. So he came in, he stepped in, even though he didn't have to, he had no obligation to come down, he came down as a sacrifice and died on the cross so that the distance that we had where we couldn't be in a relationship and was closed, and then all we have to do now is put our faith in Jesus, say yes, and then that divide comes and we can have a close relationship with Jesus. And then after that, a lot of those mistakes, the Holy Spirit will be with us after that, and we won't be making as many mistakes because we'll have him in our life to help us gu- guide us on this in a lifestyle that God is requesting for us. So we talk about worship in two different ways. We talk about the music kind, and then we talk about the lifestyle kind of worship. Um, and a lifestyle of worship is a life devoted to God, and it's a life that the Holy Spirit, which I just talked about, helps us live. This is when we live our lives remembering about his sacrifice and spend our lives being grateful for everything he's given us. It's when we think about Jesus when we're outside of the church. Living a lifestyle of worship is when Jesus is a part of my everyday life. He is part of the decisions I make. When I go to make that bad decision, the Holy Spirit is there to check, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that. That is all part of living a lifestyle of worship. And he doesn't like give you all these rules and stuff because he wants to be, he wants to be mean. He, or like just make you do things. He's giving you rules because he loves us again. And he said, these rules are the best way to live your life. So follow these rules and your life will be better. Does does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. So that is all a form of worship. That is a lifestyle of worship. Some people say that we need to have, I mean, old people say that we need to have an attitude of gratitude. Um, And that is true, but that just means to be thankful. And we do that a lot when we are um, worshiping with music. It's a lot about being thankful to God for who he is and what he's done for us. So when we are singing songs of thankfulness and remembrance, that's worship. And that's like the easy one to remember. Um, But a lot of our songs are just like those rocks from the bottom of the river. A lot of the songs uh, talk about things that God has done for us. So when we're singing those songs, it's like we've pulled out those rocks and we're staring at them. We're like, I remember when God did this. I was in a dark place and he pulled me into light. Uh, I didn't feel him, but I knew he was there. There's there's so many things, as we know, and those songs are so helpful. And weirdly enough, singing is, is a key thing for worship. Worship, a, a key part of it is singing. Sometimes you might think, like, I don't need to sing. Like, we can all worship in our own way. I can just stand there and be super stoic and just, like, stare. Uh, Sorry, you can't. There's about 50 times in the Bible where he says he commands us to sing a song of worship to him. He doesn't care if you can't sing. I can't sing, and I scream all the time up here. And so uh, it's just super important that we sing. And this is not another, like, oh, God's given us rules for no reason. No. Weirdly, uh, not weirdly enough, God made it this way. Your brain is wired in a a way so that when you're singing worship songs, it actually quiets the part of your brain that's like worry and anxiety. So when you're singing worship songs, your anxiety levels will, will drop inside your brain. And so as you're doing it, you're doing it more and more often. You're literally teaching your brain that when you go into worry and anxiety, that your your response should be to God. Which is um, just so cool that God wired our brains to be that way. And he did it because he knows it's hard sometimes to focus in and to worship him because life is not easy and we always forget. But he deserves our worship and that is why we worship. The next question we should ask is... When? Why? And then when? When should we worship? The answer is all the time. Can you just say all the time? That is when we should worship. So I've heard two different things about when it is hard and when it is easy to worship. I've heard people say that it's super easy to worship when things are dark. You know, the pandy hit. We were all alone in our rooms. There was nothing else but to turn to God and to worship God in that time because that's all there was. But then when things are good... It's hard to worship God because we're just like, oh, everything's fine. I don't need God. I'm God. That's basically what we're saying. And so we don't worship him when things are good. I've also heard people say that it's super easy to worship God when things are good because you're just like, oh, God, thank you so much for these blessings in my life, my yacht, my boat, my millions of dollars. Like they say it's, people say it's super easy to worship God in the good times, you know, but then hard when it feels like God's abandoned you and there's nothing around. So I think at the end of the day, since those two things feel true both times, that it's just that it's hard to worship all the time. It's just hard to worship. And it's more about like the attitude you have going in than your circumstances. Um, There's a guy in the Bible and his name is Paul. He was a missionary and he went all over the place back in the day. And a bunch of people knew about him and he was in a bunch of writings everywhere. Uh, He wrote a bunch of letters, actually, to churches all throughout the area and not our area, over, uh, like, near Israel area. Uh, And a lot of those letters are what make up the New Testament. So he wrote much of the New Testament. And he wrote in a letter to uh, the Philippian church, he says, in Philippians 4.13, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm sure you guys have heard this one before. Who has heard this scripture before? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, we all heard it because it is everywhere. Like, I'm sure your mom has it in like a frame somewhere in the house or your grandma has it on a pillow. Like it's on a bumper sticker. People quote this more than I think any other verse. It's this and John 3.16 are the two that are said the most. And weirdly enough, people use this to say that like, uh, you know, with Jesus, I can do anything I want. All hard things I can do, I can do because of Jesus. That is true. That is a true fact, but that's not, that's not what this verse is saying. It's, when we look at a verse in the Bible, it's super important to not just pull it out. You have to look what's going on all around it. So like, if you just took something random that I said from tonight and you went home and you're like, you know, Dave said that God can make it rain pizza rolls. That is true. He could. But that's not what I was saying. Like, If you go back and listen again, I wasn't saying that at all. Um, he, yeah, I mean, I wish it was raining pizza rolls right now. I'm so hungry. Okay. Um, but what Paul is actually saying, if you look back, he was saying, just like verses before that, he's saying he knows what it's like to live in plenty and to live with nothing, but he can still rely on God because of the strength that Jesus gave him. He was on the mountaintop with money in his pocket and friends all around and he thanked God. He was beaten for things he didn't do and left to die but he was still thankful. He is saying that when times are good and when times are bad he can rely on God because Jesus gives him strength. And he, I can prove that this is true in his life. So, another story about Paul. He and his friend Silas were on their way to church to pray and they met this slave girl who was possessed by a demon. And as a church, we do believe that that is a real thing that happens, but it does not happen every day. It probably will not happen in your life, um, but it's nothing we have to worry about because we have Jesus. So that is true. Um, but Paul and Silas, they met the slave girl and because of the demon inside of her, she could tell like the future. She can be like, this is going to happen in the future. So her owners were using her as like a sideshow to make a bunch of money. Super messed up. Paul saw this girl and she, he's like, no one should have a demon in them. Like he was a just like a good guy. So he's like, he cast the demon out, right? So he casts the demon out of this girl. And she's like not telling the future anymore because she doesn't have a demon in her. And it turns out that her owners weren't excited about this. They were upset because now they're losing money. And so what they did is they grabbed Paul and Silas and they took them to the authorities. And like, hey, these guys are like stirring things up. They're trying to start a riot. And so then Paul and Silas were beaten and stripped of all their clothes and put into prison, chained to a wall for just doing a good thing. If that was me and I just did something like helped someone and then the response I got was like a beating where I'm just left bloody. They took my clothes and chained me to a wall. I would be crying and I would probably also be mad. I'd be doing the type of crying like when you're when you're a kid and you're like super mad, but you're also hurt. And so you you can't, you're like, mm, but you're also crying. That's what I would be doing in the prison. I'd be like, no, one of those situations where I'm crying, but also like really upset and mad. Um, weirdly enough, that's not what Paul and Silas did, but it says we have recorded in Acts what actually happened. So it says in Acts uh, 16 and 25, uh, yeah, sixteen twenty-five. about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. They weren't crying. They were praising and singing God. They were praising and singing hymns to God. Like, that is incredible. There's no way I would have been doing that. And they were doing it loud enough that the other prisoners were hearing them. They weren't like, I'm just worshiping Jesus. No, they were like, worshiping Jesus loud. (laughs) Um, You know, like, why does this matter to you? Right? That's probably what you're asking. You ask, why does this matter to me? Hmm, let me tell you. I'll tell you right now. Uh, It matters to you because it's super important, like Paul said, to worship God unconditionally. When things are good or when things are bad, when things uh, feel like they're never gonna get better, or when you, both ways, like because it's really bad or because it's so good that it's never gonna get better than this. It is super important to worship God all the time. So why do we worship? Because God deserves it. When do we worship? All the dang time. Now, we're going to ask the last question. Who knows what the last question is? How? Great job. Great job, everyone that answered how. How do we worship? Uh, If the worship team wants to come up, you can. Sorry, I should have planned that one out. Uh, Short answer, like we've been saying, is in spirit and in truth. Uh, I will explain what that means in just a second. But in my life, my road to learning what worship was. It was super, super weird. I grew up in a very Christian household. My parents were actually worship leaders for as long as I could remember. Uh, They were conducting choirs, and then they came here and were leading the worship team here, and then my sister took over. So worship has been a part of my life forever. Uh, I've been listening to worship music and then going to worship nights for as long as I can physically remember. And when I was learning worship, i wasn't getting the basics. I didn't understand the foundation of what it meant. So I was just looking around and I was basically just copying people. Uh, I would raise my hands when I felt like I was supposed to. I would cry when the song got sad. Uh, But, and I'm not saying that all of my worship experiences weren't real because there were definitely some of them, but my foundation was wrong. So often I wasn't worshiping the way I needed to, or the way that God asks us to worship him. I was basically trying to play a complicated drum beat without ever learning to hold my sticks, is what I was doing. Thankfully, Jesus teaches us, and I, I learned this later on in life. I had to like unlearn things because I learned the wrong way the first time and then relearn things. And Jesus teaches us how to worship. He says in John 4, 23 and 24, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So, if we want to be true worshipers, if we want to learn the basics of what this is, we have to worship in spirit and truth. And let me just break that down for you real quick. What does it mean to worship in spirit? And none of these are, like, 100% the right, the right answer. Like, there, there can be many ways to worship in spirit and in truth, but I'm going to talk to you about some basic ones right now. Um, when I read that it's in spirit, it means that it's not all physical, it means that just raising your hand and crying isn't isn't worship because if you raise your hand, you do that in school. When you're crying, I do that every night. So, like, I'm just kidding. I don't do that every night. I was just joking. That one was a joke. Um, it's a spiritual thing that we and we need to focus on God. So, if you're raising your hand and in that hand raising, you're focusing on God. You're surrendering to God. That's what that means when you raise your hands so that you're surrendering to God that means you're worshiping in spirit. If you're crying because you're thinking about all the good things that God has done for you and it's overwhelming because of his love, that means you are worshiping in spirit. Focus is a huge part of worship. You'll hear it in truth and you know in spirit. It, it, it's so much about focus and that is super hard to do because everything is distracting. My brain doesn't stop for very long. <laughs> I I will easily venture off into something else if I I don't really try hard to focus on something. And so I understand that it's hard and it is a journey to figure out how to get your brain to focus on God all the time. And you can ask him because he will help you along those ways. Um, But when you say things like, God, I thank you. And God, you are so good. The focused attention on who he is and what he's done for you is super important and is how we worship in spirit. And when we are worshiping in spirit, it is We can draw close to him. It's like, we draw close to him. So I'm worshiping you, God. That is a way of getting closer to him. He's going to draw closer to you and you'll feel him more. It's an exchange of love. When you are offering your love to him, when you're saying, God, I love you so much. Thank you so much for all the things that you've done in my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me a body that functions every single day. Thank you that I have a family. Thank you that I have friends. You're, You're exchanging love. He will come down and he will pour that love right back on top of you. He'll say, hey, David, I love you too, and he'll he'll be telling you all these things, and he'll be bringing peace into your spirit. I've gone into so many worship nights emotionally exhausted, but then came out the other side because God poured His spirit into me. It comes with the fruits of the spirit, which are like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self control. I think I think I nailed them all, and um, those are all things that we need, and so God will God will give those to us when we come to Him in worship. It's an exchange of love. We give Him love; He gives us love. Uh, so now, worshiping in truth. This means that you need to be truthful with your worship. It's about being genuine. It's about being authentic with God. So it's not just like raising your hands because the people around you are raising your hands or not raising your hands because the people around you are not raising your hands. It's not singing loudly because it's cool to sing loudly and I have a good voice. It's, it's again, focused attention on God and truthfully on God. It's not... There's a lot of ways to, just, to do this wrong. Um, like, just reading the words off the screen and not really focusing on God or caring about what you're actually saying. Um, or just, like, watching someone else worship or watching the really cool drummer drum away because he's really good and really cool and awesome. Um, but... When you are just reading the words off the screen, you're not actually worshiping. You're not getting, God wants you to worship him because he deserves it. But it's also, it is good for us. He knows that it's good for us because everything he asks us to do is because he loves us and he knows what is best for us. So what does all this mean for you? What what can you be doing right now? And that is just start worshiping where you can, when you can. Remember that it's about gratitude. Remember it's about thankfulness. Remember it's about focusing on Jesus and what he's done in your life. Um because God is good and He and And He will help you through all this because it's a journey, right? Discovering most things in your faith walk, in your walk with Jesus are gonna be a journey. And worship is definitely a journey of discovering what it means to really worship in spirit and in truth, what it means for you. And God will help you if you ask him, but you have to ask him because He is He's He's a gentleman. <laughs> he He knows that love can't be forced, love isn't, He asks for consent. He's, he's never just going to force himself on you. He's never going to say, just start giving you things because, unless you ask him for it, because he is a God that wants that. If you want him in your life, you say, God, I consent for you being in my life, and he come, he'll come right into your life. If you want more wisdom, you say, God, I consent for your wisdom to come into my life, and he'll do it, because that's the kind of God he is. Um, so we'll, we have these three questions. We have, uh, why do we worship? Because he deserves it. When do we worship? All the time. How do we worship in spirit and in truth? And if you're new to this worship thing, that's super good because now you have some basics to help you on your journey forward. And if you're not new to this, maybe you just heard something that you realize that you might need to be doing differently. You may need to be in in the worship service, be focusing on Jesus more, or in your lifestyle, be focusing on Jesus more. That one is, that one's tough for me. That's one that I know I have to work on. And if you need help with any of this, like I said, ask God about it. Um, but sometimes God puts people in our lives to help us. And so he won't give you an answer because he's like, I put the people with the answers in your life. Uh, so if you have any questions about what, it's, what it looks like to be living a lifestyle of worship, or if you have any questions about Jesus, your small group leaders really, 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 really would love to talk to you about any of that. And so there are some a few easy steps. We're going to worship soon. And throughout the week, here's, here's what I want you to do. Listen to worship music. And be aware if you are thinking about Jesus throughout the week. I know for a fact that everyone in here can get onto YouTube or they have a Spotify account or their parents have worship music. Um, Just put some worship music on and be aware of what you are saying. Be aware of what you're doing. Be aware of where your focus goes when this is happening. So yeah, we're gonna worship right now. So as we worship, I just challenge you to focus in. So let's ask God for some help. Dear God, Thank you for these truths and help us to understand this foundation that we have just created here, God. Help us to worship in truth and in spirit, God. Help us to not get overwhelmed by like advanced things and just focus on the basics of what you want us to know tonight, God. Teach us how to worship tonight. Teach us how to focus on you tonight, God. Help us to remember the things that we need to remember so that we can thank you and help us to be thankful in everything and to live a lifestyle of worship and have an attitude of gratitude. And then after worship tonight, I pray that you bless these small group conversations. Help us to open up and be real about how we feel. Help us to um, be real about what we don't understand so that we can have a deeper understanding of you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.